0: Welcome to Headed Someplace, a show where strong, inspiring, enduring women share their stories with us. I'm Kara, and this week we get to chat with business owner, musician, historian, all-around lovely woman, Lauren Palmer. Lauren, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, okay. So um, I'm Lauren Palmer. I am from Oklahoma City. Uh, born and raised, I've never lived anywhere else. So I, the the big picture thing um, is like I'm I'm in events. My sisters and me, we started in floristry, so uh, we own a floral studio, and then we just recently started in the venue industry, which is really fun. We yeah. own a venue downtown Oklahoma City, um, but then like. Music is a huge part of my makeup. So, yeah, I like to dabble here and there.
0: Girl, you do more than just dabble.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it feels like something that I have to do to, like, keep sane, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, well, I always like to start out the show by asking, what is a random fact about you that not a lot of people know?
1: In high school, I um, started to learn... The harp playing the harp and so I gigged around a lot in high school and a little bit in college playing like weddings and like banquets and events and stuff and my dad would he would help me lug <laughs> this giant harp around
0: does your dad play harp too or what
1: no 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 he was just my muscles <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they're really big they're like taller than me I'm 5'10 five
0: nine
1: ish yeah
0: so what all instruments do you play
1: um so I started with the piano.
0: When, um, when you were how old?
1: I was like three and a half. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, <laughs> my parents. Um, the piano is like huge on both sides of my family, and I. It's really cool to hear like my mom talk about it. It was just a standard. Um, even like her mom and her grandmother and everyone had, um, a piano. I, I, I just found this out. Um, she told me the story about this r- ancestor that I didn't know existed until a couple weeks ago, but she said that he was, he was a slave in Georgia And he was like friends with like the the slave owners, like families, like he was, he had become like a a family or part of their family. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had a piano in their house and he always heard it. And he said that he wanted his daughters to learn how to play. And so before he died, like he bought this piano and it like had passed down for generations that's wow. where that comes from in our family like even now like Nima is paying for lessons for some of my like great nieces and uh, nephews and stuff yeah like I it's love
0: that it's a rich heritage
1: yeah yeah music is super huge for my family
0: and it's really cool that you know where like that traces back to
1: It's crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of on this little like genealogy journey (laughs) and finding some really amazing things. Like when the rest of the family learned that I had this interest, they just started passing on all this stuff. And I have these trunks full of old memorabilia and old like letters like Kara, like these love letters that my great-grandfather wrote to my great-grandmother when oh. they were like doing this long-distance relationship thing before they got married. It's like juicy stuff. It's oh. so good.
0: It's so good. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So you own a floral studio called The Wild Mother and an event space called Holloway House. How did you get started with both of these companies?
1: So Leah and I were, my, Leah's my um, younger sister. She's two and a half years younger than I am. And at first we wanted to have a, a multifunctional space where she would run a bookstore and I would run a listening room. And Wait,
0: what's a listening room where you listen to like people sing? Or is that way off?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Okay. It's it's where, um it's like a really intimate, like, concert setting um where you you feel like you're it's like kind of like parlor listening you know what I mean like sometimes listening rooms um don't have sound systems or anything it's just it's super intimate and personal but mean Meanwhile, like I was living in this apartment, Leah was two doors down, and um I always brought home flowers from the grocery store and I would like arrange them and put them all around the house and then I moved out and um lived in a house like a much bigger house, mm-hmm. and I just bought more and more flowers to fill this house too. <laughs> And I was always, like, even clipping things from the garden, like herbs and stuff like that. And I would use them in arrangements and stuff. So then uh, we started doing friends' weddings. And then when we started getting phone calls from people that we didn't know we decided, like, this could be a thing. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of jumping off of from a high height and, like, not really knowing what was at the bottom, but just, like, free-falling, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I, I quit my job. Leah was still in grad school at that point, and we were babying this company.
0: When you first started, did you kind of think, oh, yeah, this will be easy, and then has it been? Or what's what's the process been like?
1: Um, I knew that creativity is something that I feel is a a gift and it feels like breathing kind of, but the business side of stuff was so tricky. And I was going into an industry where like, I didn't know much about forestry. I knew about flowers and I knew little bits here and there about color theory and stuff like that, but there was a huge learning curve and it was just a bunch of trial and error. Yeah. (laughs) It's also fun to like shape what your what your brand looks like and put together like a very cohesive image for followers and clients and stuff like that. But
0: yeah, y'all do that so well. And I've always wondered who is behind that. Like, is one of you more visionary? One of you more executes the vision?
1: Yeah. So for the Wild Mother, um, Hannah Ashford branded us, which was a like it felt like a sacred experience um, <laughs> awesome. when she presented our brand to us. It was like everything that we wanted, all of our hopes were all in the branding. So uh, in that identity. Um, But from there, Leah does a lot of our graphic stuff. Not a lot. Leah does all of our graphic stuff. So, So all of the things that you see on our websites and on Instagram or even Facebook, she is the mastermind behind all of that. Um, even, you know, some of our print material. And then the creative initiative behind the All Mothers is me. So the arbors and bouquets and all, all things floral, like I will design it. And then we have a team that helps us execute. Okay. So yeah, we have three girls that um, work for us and we get to teach them and they are, we also learn right alongside of them sometimes, like figuring new things out. And the gals that work for us for Holloway House, um, they're like our coordinators and house managers for events and stuff. We told them and continue to tell them like we want our space to feel like home for them. So if they have a vision and want to execute it, we want to come alongside of them and like make that happen. And I don't, we, we never want to be like close fisted with, you know, what we have. I'm so happy that we get to work with, with some really sweet people that like, want to uphold the vision um, just like we do, you know, they keep it close as well. So
0: when did you guys decide to then branch in or how did you branch into the venue?
1: We were doing all of the floral out of um, my parents' home. They were super kind to let us r- just like crash their home yeah. and there are flowers <laughs> everywhere. And flowers look beautiful in their vessels, but um, when you're putting it together, it looks like <laughs> a tornado has blown through. So anyway, they were really sweet about letting us make a big mess like every weekend. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, but the biggest thing that we were needing in our new season was a space to be able to like, well, have room to stretch out and to be able to store all of our stuff. And we were using our, the trunks of our cars, the storage, mm-hmm. and there was stuff like at the foot of my bed. and
0: You're sleeping on a bed of roses?
1: <laughs> yes, yes. I love that movie.
0: Have you seen that movie? No, actually, I didn't even know that was a movie. <laughs> Please look it up. It's so great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Lauren and Leah started looking at spaces, really just to use initially for the wild mother, old warehouses, small spaces, but a friend kept telling them they should check out this really cool place downtown they could run a venue out of. We were considering, can we take on this huge
1: responsibility? There are only so many weekends in a year.
0: They knew there'd be times that the Wild Mother and the venue would compete, and they weren't sure how they'd handle it all, especially since the Wild Mother was already booked pretty solid.
1: But we decided like, yeah, let's just jump. Like, let's do it. There was a lot of prayer and a lot of tears. There were joyful moments, there were tense moments. And then when we decided yes, it was even more so of like all the above. Like we were happy and we were scared and would we even get business?
0: They put together a presentation deck to present to investors, but as they started coming through the numbers of how they had done in previous years, they ultimately decided,
1: Let's just do this, like, no credit, no investors, let's just keep it all in-house. Yeah. (laughs) Which, it feels good now because we're not, like, bound to anybody. No one's, like, chomping at our heels to, you know, get, I don't know, it just,
0: it feels, it feels like freedom, you know. I asked Lauren if she had mentors for the business side of things and she said there were actually several people who were really generous with their time and absolutely willing to share knowledge with them. The first of which is her dad who she said is just so wise and always offers very practical advice and she also talked with a minister from her church about things like how should she tithe? Should she tithe straight from the businesses or pay herself first and then tithe from that?
1: But I think the, the conversations that, like, were so in, the most inspiring to me were with small business owners who were women um, and who were running their companies and um, nurturing their babies and tending to their homes all at the same time, mm-hmm. um, or even women who aspire to do that and are, like, leaving room in their little hearts for that, which is really, really cool to me. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Also, I love both of your, the Wild Mother and Holloway House names. How did you yeah. all come up with those?
1: Yeah. So the Wild Mother, it was so funny. It was, well, actually both of the names, it was, it was very fast, like super quick. We didn't really have to think about it much, but so Leah, Callie and I are, um, indigenous and and Callie we,
0: is your youngest sister. Yes. She's yes, a baby okay.
1: girl. And we wanted a name that like honored that, um, facet of our family heritage. And there's like this connectedness to like the natural world, like the, the way that the Lord gave, um, through creation, like properties for healing and for like, not just to heal a wound, but even like, I don't know, to, to work through depression or work Mm -hmm. through anxiety or whatever, um. It's all around us and flowers is like a huge tool. So yeah, we, we knew that wild was something that we wanted in our name. And then Leah, um, was doing a study on the maternal characteristics of God. Um, so not, not so much God as like a woman, but the way that he nurtures his children and the way that he like cares for them, like a mother, um, we we were so so beguiled by that. So yeah. that's where that name came from. Um, sometimes I like I hear the name and it's just like a reminder of like this is so much bigger than me and Leah and Callie.
0: Mm, totally. Yeah. Okay. So what about Holloway House?
1: Holloway is a family name. That all my dad's side of the family. Um, so Peter and Martha Holloway were these precious people from Houston, Texas. They are my great-grandmother's parents. Um, he was a blacksmith and she was a corsetier and they loved entertaining and they loved um, they loved people. And uh, the way that like my grandparents talk about Martha in particular is that she was a bit of a socialite. And the, the building where Holloway House is located here on Film Row, is a historic building and it was built during Peter and Martha's prime. Um so we just we wanted like to pay homage to them yeah. and I don't know, we like talk a lot about like our ancestors and um what we know of them is that they were like praying people and mm. people of faith. And I know that they pray for us and, mm. you know, they prayed for their descendants and a, a lot of what like we get to do and that we get to experience now in like modernity is like a, a ripple effect or an aftershock of like their fervent prayers and sacrifices, you know? Man, yes. um, so anyway, it's, It feels good. It was really awesome when they, like, put our sign on the front window outside because I doubt that Peter and Martha ever would have thought that their names would be, like, on a a building that they probably wouldn't have been able to enter in the 30s, you know? Wow. Um, Wow. But I don't know. It just – it feels like –
0: it feels redemptive. As you're you're talking so much about this, it's kind of, like, stirring in me to – I mean, my dad's always cared about ancestors and heritage, and I always kind of thought like, okay, what's the big deal, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess more recently, I've been going back and reading in Genesis. So I'm seeing a lot about inheritance and yeah. passing things yeah. down the generations. And so it's recently I'm like, okay, there is a lot to this. And then my mom passed away about five years ago. And mm-hmm. so thinking even through um, like what she has handed down to us, But that's honestly about as far back as I've gone and thinking about my lineage and all that. Where does that come from within you to to look at that and to pay so much respect to that?
1: Oh, man, I feel like we could sit and like talk about this for like the next five hours. Um, Well, it for me as as a child growing up, I was told like you are a black child or you are you are American. And specifically where um, our indigenous heritage lies. um, I wanted to know more about like, yes, I I'm a mixed race black woman, but what? what more, you know, I wanted to fill in those holes. Like that mm-hmm. didn't feel like enough for me. Right. I, I started asking more questions and finding the, the truth was like distilled out of both of my family lines, just because my ancestors were like not treated as like people, but property. Mm-hmm. Um. So ever since I was like in high school, I just remember like, wanting to know who these people were, like, I knew my parents, I could see them, I could touch them, I could hear them laugh, or I knew my grandparents, and I um, knew my great-grandparents, but there was, I just knew there was, like, more, like, there are footprints of these people everywhere, and they're, like, on my face, you know, like, I Mm. carry traits of these people, the texture of my hair, and the way that, like, my body is built, and I don't know, it just it it feels like there's like, not even remnants, but like, they're so prominent in me. And yeah. um, if I was to fully accept myself and my identity, like these people were like a huge part of like my life. So mm. I had no choice but to honor them. You know,
0: Do you feel like that as you learn more, that it's brought healing to different maybe even insecurities within you?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I went to a predominantly um, black school in middle school and the kids, even there, they named me other, like, Mm -hmm. because they didn't feel like I was like them. And it was always like my physical features that they pointed out first that felt other to them. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know, like, why though? Like, I wanted to feel not just assimilated into like a culture, but like that I could claim it completely and anyway so I think that's another reason why like I started searching a lot but yeah anyway yeah there's tons of healing that has come from that and like I have this really close friend or group of indigenous women um that like we talk and share with each other and then a group of black women that I talk and share with and friends that I grew up with that are culturally like. Southern Baptist, like that feels like another culture that is huge for me and, um, culturally Christian or culturally Western or, you know, I just, yeah. I've, I find myself like falling into so many different categories and, um, I wanted to define them yeah. all and it has provided so much healing. I'm just, um, erasing That's a lot cool. of question marks that I've had. That's So, cool. Yeah.
0: I love how you press into conversations about all this, specifically with race. You and your sister started something called The Conversation. Yeah. Tell us what that is and where it came from. It was last,
1: last summer. There was like some unrest um, between uh, the black community and law enforcement. And there were like people that were like dying. And it was just really tough. And it felt
0: significant, like a significant moment. So Lauren and Leah decided to invite people to gather and to process the heaviness of this moment in history together and to practice having healthy conversations around what can often be a little bit uncomfortable. There are about 60 people that showed at my parents' house
1: and about five hours later, wow. um, people were still sitting there talking and it was like amazing. Like the candidness in their room was like near, nearly tangible. Like it was incredible. Um,
0: and was this people of like all colors? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: It was amazing. It, it was it crossed ethnicities, it crossed generations.
0: They held the conversation event two more times, but Lauren and Leah noticed the need for a little more structure.
1: People started to use the space um, to rant yeah and we wanted it to be constructive we wanted people to learn from each other and to like ultimately we wanted it to be edifying of like the gospel yeah <laughs> and it was hard to do when you said come and share yeah
0: <laughs> everybody <laughs> free for all. <laughs> all right yeah they got together with two other women and started writing a curriculum so we know already that Lauren and Lee are mixed race black women and the other two women they were working with are white. So they recognized quickly that they represented a limited scope of experiences and ethnicities. So they reached out to others to help fill in some gaps and they've now created the conversation workshops. It's designed to help people confront their own biases, practice healthy dialogue about things like racial reconciliation and systemic injustice. From the
1: wife to the husband, like if she suspects something in her husband, like how do you go into that topic? Um, from the best friend to the other friends, like how do you address like things that might feel overwhelmingly um, insensitive without, like, wrecking your your relationship, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's been so interesting and, like, another thing that feels like a target on your back because you're Mm. opening up, opening
0: up a lot. They're piloting the workshop right now at a university. They have a facilitator's guide so that anyone can take this curriculum to their communities. And each participant gets a workbook that, like everything they do, is beautifully stylized. Also, you hear the music behind me? Oh, that's Florence band, Massey, no big deal. beautiful I have a link to their music up on the show notes at headed someplace.com and guys before I get back to the show with Lauren coming up soon I'm going to be sharing parts of my mom's story so if you have questions about my mom and or me go follow me on Instagram at Kara Dawn Z K-A-R-A-D-A-W-N-Z and send me a message with your questions Also, pretend I'm staring into your soul right now as I shamelessly ask you to give me a rating and review on iTunes if you're loving the show. It only takes a minute, and it really helps me out. With all the stuff you have going on for career and income and then things that are just creative, um, life-giving things for you, and then more missional things like the conversation, With all these things you have going on, what does juggling it look like? Do you juggle it well, do you feel like? What is rest like for you? Well, (laughs) rest? doesn't exist
1: (laughs) well rest happens on Mondays for us okay um like yesterday we watched the entire season of Stranger Things and I'm a little ashamed about it like I sat there for literally like the whole season (laughs) um but it was good because when you work like 60 hours in a weekend it's like Oh this is gosh. stupid. Like, Wait, can I, we just
0: backtrack? You said in a weekend.
1: <laughs> <yes, laughs> yeah. Not in a week. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. We sometimes we like sleep up here and, oh my um, gosh. yeah. But, but we know that this is like just a season, you know? And right. we're like making strides toward like the first thing I'm going to do, like the first thing I want to do is um, like hire an assistant and like so that I'm not having to address hundreds of emails a week and you know, stuff like that. But juggling has been the most interesting, annoying bear (laughs) I have ever experienced. Like family is super huge for me. And then like this, I feel like God wants me to be A wife and a mother, and that's not happening right now. And um, then, like, music is super important to me. And it's crazy, though. I feel like God speaks to me in dreams. And I feel like I know He does. Like, it's crazy, Kara. Like, some of the like prophetic things, like dreams that I've had in the past couple of years, and like sitting here in 2017 and like holding babies that I've seen in dreams like two years ago like it's insane like yeah it's so it's it's like super humbling and um it's funny like I'm always like so behind those dreams that I have for other people like it's so easy for me to believe because I'm like oh yeah like God will definitely do that and Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of when but when it's me I'm always, like, doubtful (laughs) Mm, and, like, oh, I don't know, when it's, like, my personal life. Like, the cool thing, though, is I feel like God has been, like, so, so clear about, like, a handful of things that are, like, huge things I'm just waiting for. And it's like it's God is, like, very clear, like, hey, I've provided for you once before, and I will definitely provide for you until the day you are laid in your grave. You know, yeah. I have to believe that. And it's pretty remarkable, like, I don't know, just being in seasons where you literally have to, like, fall backwards in that provision and, like, with your eyes closed.
0: <laughs> yeah, trust fall. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, like, it's, it's pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah.
0: Okay. So the last question that I ask every guest is if you could go back in time five or 10 years and tell yourself one thing, Lauren Palmer, what would it be?
1: Well, let's see. Um, Lauren, stop wearing so many hoodies. <laughs> <laughs> like just buy a nice t-shirt or like, I don't know, like buy some nicer clothes. <laughs>
0: No, no more, more bumming around. No more bumming around.
1: Yeah. I was all about those hoodies. And I had like one in every color. And I don't know.
0: It That's was funny. Like, I must not have known you in that phase because I no, feel like you are always didn't. look
1: so nice and classy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. you. We didn't know each other back then. Um, yeah. Bummer. I don't know. I also didn't like wearing like outerwear so
0: you just liked wearing underwear
1: <laughs> yeah kidding. yeah <laughs> <laughs> me too i would both definitely say like buy some nicer clothes and while you're at it buy a coat
0: a <laughs> <laughs> nice <An> coat <laughs>
1: buy a nice coat yeah
0: that's awesome <laughs> I have links to absolutely everything we talked about today up on the show notes at headedsomeplace.com, including the band Massey that Lauren and Leah are in and all their business social media accounts, which you'll want to follow for a little more beauty and inspiration in your life. Lauren also gives us a couple extras like the music she's listening to and loving right now, which are awesome considering she's an amazing musician herself and the most influential books she's ever read. You can find me on Instagram at Dawn Z. Intro and outro music today from The Light Parade at YouTube.com slash The Light Parade. And as always, I hope today you feel a little less alone and a little more encouraged.